This is episode number 84 of Patrick Jones Baseball. On this episode, we have the pitching coach for McCook Community College in Nebraska, Pat Robles. Pat is also the field manager for the Quincy Gems in the Prospect League. And in this episode, we talk a little bit about junior college baseball. Um, the rules and regulations for junior college baseball are a little bit different than um, Division One, Division Two, or Division Three. So we get into the practice plans, how long they're allowed to practice for, um, what the schedule's like overall. Um, Pat also gives some tips on uh, the best ways to go about getting recruited and, and what they kind of look for um, as a junior college program. Um, if you guys haven't, please make sure to head on over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Um, that helps, helps the overall rating of the show, which in turn will help more people find the show and will allow me to get more and more guests on. So really appreciate it. And without further ado, here is Pat Robles. And we are now live with Pat Robles, who is the field manager for the Queen Quincy Gems, I believe, in the Prospect League, also an associate scout for the Oakland Athletics. Pat, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, no problem. I really appreciate you having me on here. You know, really looking forward to it. Some of the great things that you've been doing on your podcast led me to, you know, decide to get on, and I'm really looking forward to it. So for everyone out there who who maybe doesn't already know who you are, um, could you give everyone a little bit of background? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, I started out growing up uh, in Midland, Texas. Uh, that's in West Texas area. Uh, went to junior college at Cedar Valley College. I uh, played a year at Cedar Valley College, and uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, earn a four-year scholarship to Arkansas Pine Bluff. Ended up there um, in the fall playing and um, really got going on this journey, you know, through some of the things that I've, you know, been working on now. Um, left the program after the fall and went into exclusive individualized training. This was back when, um, you know, it wasn't really happening at the time and kind of went out on a limb and, you know, really just wanted to go in and get after it and, uh, you know, started out there and uh, worked with, you know, the driveline throwing protocols. Uh, Was able, fortunate enough to earn an invite out to spring training with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Went into their spring training, you know, didn't really, didn't really expect much because I was an invite out there, free agent pickup, and I went out there and um, made it into extended spring training, and got released at an extended and pitched a year in indie ball, uh, and, and after indie ball, I kind of came to realize that, um, you, you know, the things that I was doing, and the things I was doing in college really didn't have me prepared personally, as a player and as a person to develop to be able to reach my full potential if I, and if I did have my full potential. So I got into coaching in 2015, 2016 at Minnesota West uh, Community College up in Worthington, uh, Minnesota. Uh, you know, T.D. Hasica was the head coach out there, and he uh, really was fortunate to give me, uh, you know, give me a spot out there. And I went in and uh, integrated some of the driveline stuff that we're doing. Uh, and pretty much it just took off from there. And, uh, you know, we, it was a program that uh, started out and had, you know, zero conference wins at the time. And then I went into them and I was saying, uh, this is the kind of type of environment I think we need to go to. And we went to a player development environment and it just took off and ran with it. Uh, 
went up to 14 wins in the conference and the first time ever the school had reached a regional appearance and I spent time out there and I also spent time out in California at Saracosta Community College and did the exact same thing uh introduced into you know old school type of way that we're doing things and integrated this new stuff uh, as far as player development wise individualized tracking and it, and it had the same way same effect uh you know, third in the state of California junior colleges in batting average, uh, second in the conference in strikeouts. And it was just, uh, it was something that just, you know, kept going by storm. And I'm actually currently out at McCook Community College, and I'm the pitching coach and uh, head of player development out here. So where did you play independent baseball at? I played independent baseball up in Trinidad. For, I actually pitched in the Pecos League, and, uh, and then I spent some time in Evansville Otters in the Frontier League. How how was your experience in the Pecos League? Uh, the Pecos League is it, it was really something I kind of realized, uh, and this is not to bash guys that are in the Pecos League, of course not. But uh, I went out there and I, uh, you know, really wasn't expecting much from what I heard, and it was just um, it was just a thing. If I'm here at the bottom of the bottom, I, I you know I wouldn't even call it professional baseball that it's time that I, I decided to go into coaching. It's time I, you know, I focus on coaching and player development versus, you know, me as myself trying to keep going to go and reach up the ladder. Yeah, no, I understand that. That makes sense. That's a, it's a tough grind for sure. Um, so once you started kind of uh, investigating all of the different training methods um, and that sort of a thing, you brought up driveline kind of uh, coming across them. Um, do you use weighted balls for all of your players doing that? I know some, you know, some guys are like doing weighted balls for everyone, some not so much. So I'm just curious to see, hear your thoughts on that. Uh, yes. What we have is when we get into, get into the guys get in for the first Mm -hmm. part of the semester, we put each kid through a mobility and a strength assessments. And this is going to help as well as, you know, many guys, you know, get the bad rep about, you know, all you're just chunking up and picking the weighted balls. We want to have the guys fully prepared to touch any type of weighted, anything weighted, as far as even getting into heavy lifting. We want to progress our way up there so we can work on our absolute strength, so we can be able to handle the workloads that is thrown. Uh, And not every kid does weighted balls in the program. We make it fit where the kids best individually, um, it works for him. Other kids, you know, mobility and strength is his, his big aspect of it. So we do work on that aspect. Uh, and I've got kids that just throw plow care balls, uh, and, and they don't even do pull-downs or running guns. And then we got kids that are on the pull uh, program as far as plow care and uh, running guns, and, and we assess from that. And the biggest thing that, that we have is reassess and reassess and reassess your athletes you have to always go back and see what's the best fit for the player as an individual. And we do a lot of things, mobility and stability work, you know, some things that are air cressy helps a lot. Um, And it's one of those things that those kids kind of take off with it and, and they run it. And also I'm not giving really many verbal cues out to the guys. I think that's one big thing. Many coaches make a mistake of is they're giving verbal cues where we can, we can lay out the foundation, lay out the individual plan for the kid, have him go in and really go, go in what he needs. And he knows what he has to do from the very get go start of the day to the very end of his day. And obviously we're there obviously to give him, give him cues if he needs it, if being, 
but it really allows the kid to help him learn himself because it's his body and it's his movement. We can't keep telling the kid that, oh, get your front, you know, get your leg out, work down the mountain, work down the mountain, stay back, stay back, stay back. We cannot really know that as a coach if the kid has got a strength or a mobility issue. But you said you talk about you talked about um, assessing and reassessing all the time. What does that consist of? Yes, that does consist of some of the things that we do for, as far as TPI, uh, and that's working on the hip mobility aspect of it. If the kid's got a hip hip problem, uh, we have a kid right now that um, he was out in Arizona, you know, at the JUCO showcase out there this this uh, this fall, and he. He really had a struggle with the hip pro- hip mobility issue. So we've literally, for the first month, we're doing a lot to reassess his mobility. And that's doing your 90-90 series. We do external rotation hip hip turns. Uh, we do leg supine whip as well. And there's just a great, you know, information that we have collected that helps these kids out, you know, and also with the T-spine mobility and stability work as well. So you do the TPI assessment. I mean, because TPI is, is – for golf, it started in golf, but you use it, and so it's mainly for people who swing. You know, the body swing connection is what they say. Um, but you use it for on your pitchers as well. Yes, we use it for them as well. Yes, definitely, and it's uh, um, a lot of our hitters have do it, of course, but we use it on the pitchers as well. Like I said, the ninety ninety series is where they go. We do uh, pelvic rotation tests, is torso stability. Uh, pelvic, uh, pelvic mobility as well, uh, and then, and they're separated into each different category as far as the torso and pelvic. Uh, we go um, on our sheet; it'll have good stability, limit stability on the right side, limit stabilities on the left side, uh, and then or if he has both uh, stability limit limitation on each side. So and you're, also, we you're go at, through you're at a junior little- college right now, and this is kind of an interesting debate. Um, just because of, of so many high school kids out there looking for schools to, to play at and, and recruiting and that sort of a thing, and everyone wants to go play at, at the highest level possible. Um, at your school, like what, 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 what kind of players are you looking to recruit? Are you looking to recruit D1 transfers who went there, wasn't what they expected, they want the, they, you know, but they had the ability and talent at one point to potentially play at the D1 level? Are you looking for you know, high school kids who maybe – Grades aren't good enough to get in Division One, but they have the talent. Um, what are you looking for at your school? Yeah, what we look for right now, and we branch out and we've tried to find the kids that are obviously the most athletic. So we go into multi-sports as well. Uh, as a kid, a football and a baseball player. The kids, basketball and baseball. Uh, we also look at that because that plays into a role into the type of the athletes that we're trying to build here as far as assessing athletic ability and and stuff like that. Uh, we, I mean, we do have some Division One transfers that we do take on. Um, and also, it, the training environment, the kid has to love the training environment and the player development aspect for him to grow. And, and that's also one thing that, you know, people are like, oh, you know, it'll work, it'll work. It automatically, it doesn't work. I've had some kids fail at this. It, it just wasn't for them, and it's not meant for everybody. You know, if I would told every single kid, Yes, this works. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. It's gonna work. It's gonna work. Then I would I would fail them as a coach, um, a lot of times. Yeah, I understand what you mean by that point. Why Why do you think a, a high school kid should choose uh, 
to play junior college baseball? I think the, I think also the de- development aspect of it is just especially some of you got junior colleges out there that you got Coach Herger down at NIAC, uh, you've got uh, Coach Clanton down at uh, Winnipeg Valley as well that are just they're actually the stepping stone for player development and you know. Uh, some of the things that they do as well, you know, NIAC, they have a long, um, they have a blog up on driveline of all their running guns and their prog- progressions. Uh, Coach Klein does a great job as well up there in Winnipeg Valley that um, I really think it, it develops the player even further to reach the, their, you know, a better maximum potential for them to go to the division one level. As you know, there also was a lot of great D one and D two schools that are great at player development but if the kid is not ready for it, I really think the junior college route is something they really need to go to. And it, and it really helps a lot of kids. You know, a lot of kids are like, oh, I got to go junior college. It's not, you know, it's, oh, man, you know, they don't really care about junior college. It, it, I won't get looked. I won't get seen. You know, you got guys at San Jack and Chipola that are getting, having more guys drafted out of junior college than, you know, most of the majority of Division One schools. So there's all there's a big I there's a big plan of pick and picture around all of this, and and it starts with like I keep going back to it and back to it because it starts with individualized programming, and player development. Those are the things that are helping these kids reach their full potentials and even further beyond their playing abilities. And you guys at the junior college level, there's no um, limits on how long you can practice, right? You can practice for eight hours a day if you want to. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. We'll we'll have uh, we'll have our days where we go. We do some yoga in the morning time, and we'll come back and we'll we'll each kid will go through their individualized plan. So it really allows us a lot of room for development, and uh, you know as well we make it you know we make it a priority. We get the kids that are here. You know they're here for school and they're here for baseball, and they're obviously going to get better as a person as well in our program. How many hours a day would you say you guys normally practice? How many hours a day? Uh, I would say on average, we average about six hours a day per pitching staff. Uh, position players might be a little bit more, seven to eight. Uh, as far as lifting, uh, each kid is on their own individualized program for lifting and med ball rotational throws, as well as getting their assessments on their days they need assessments. Wow. that I mean, that's pretty ideal as a coach. And, and speaking, um, going back to also recruiting, how does it work? So are, do you guys actually go out and recruit players for junior college baseball or is it more just, you know, you have some contacts from summer ball coaches of some guys who might be interested in coming to you. How do you find players? Yeah, we, we really go out for connections is one of the big things that we do. We like to try to find a lot of connections and then a kid that's making, you know, recruited videos Well, the things we're looking for is radar gun, you know, behind behind the catcher we're looking for radar gun in the video that's first of all as a pitcher and then we're looking for side views as well we can kind of tell from there we can look at the video and say you know the kid like i said go back again the kid with the hip mobility issue or he's got some separation issues as well uh and then obviously as a hitter we go and we look at exit velocity infield velocity and outfield velocity as well those are the things when a kid's making a recruiting video that we like to see so we can put numbers in and we can kind of compile our data on previous previous things that we've done and see if the kid's the right fit for our program. And of course we still go out and we'll go and see kids that we need to be seeing out, out in the, you know, uh, out here in Nebraska. 
Uh, I'll be going up next week up to Omaha, for for instance, and to look at a couple of kids in a uh, in a showcase. And then we like to hit, you know, Jupiter uh, and also the Arizona Classic, which uh, our head coach is currently at right now. Um, what type of numbers are you looking for in those videos? Yeah, those videos. Uh, I know a lot of guys are like, um, you know, I need I need me a high velocity arm. I need me a high velocity arm so I can plug in and he he, he can be right away and he can be a great fit for us. Uh, not necessarily. That's not what we're looking for, because uh, you know I've like I said the things that we've done has had a long track of success of kids that have been a mid eighties arm and they by the time we get rolling around the spring have rolled into the low nineties. Uh, and that's just based off his athletic ability. Again, the kid has a football. Uh, I had a kid out of Puerto Rico, for instance, when I was at Minnesota that was a volleyball player, uh, men's volleyball player, and then he also played baseball. He's a pitcher. And that first year, he ran through all this player development individualized program, and the kid was a third-team All-American, uh, and, and he was he was sitting 86, 88, and topped out in 90. So that's just, that's just something of the things we look for. We're not necessarily looking – for, oh, we need a guy that's already high velocity. No, no, no. Because we know that this system works, and it really is. If the kids is willing to buy in and get after it every single day, then something, something always is going to come out of this. After a kid is Either assigned to your program and, and there, um, it's only two years. So how does it work for um, recruiting purposes from colleges while while they're playing there? Do they? you guys have like a – scout day for colleges to come or is it just based off of the numbers that they put up or how would they find another school uh, while they're playing junior college baseball yeah definitely you know that's a great question we uh right now we have a thing out in arizona where we send sophomores to uh sophomore showcase out there and that is with uh region one uh and region nine which we are in and region 18 uh, and those guys are out there to get seen as well. But but not only that, we we normally just don't do that. We are sounding out. Each kid will have a profile, and we're going to have the profile. Is each and every week of his exit, like for a hitter, for instance, we'll have a kid's blast motion data on his attack angle, bat speed, all the course of this whole fall for his weekly progress and leading up into in-game data in spring. And we'll have that tracked all the way down for the whole year so we can send out and we show the progress of the kid making, especially if we want to get a kid to another uh, university that is like the things that we're doing and integrating, you know, player tracking and data that helps them further even their baseball career. And that's the same with exit velocity as well. We'll keep that track through the whole fall and a whole spring so that we can send out the information and look and see. And it really, it really, it really helps out a lot because then you, uh, the coaches at the four-year schools can see how you know how how well this kid is progressing, as well as him as an individual. If the kid is working hard, at least, and if he buys in, then you know that's something that we we take pride of. And then as a pitcher, it's the same way. We'll have our pull-down um, velocities tracked all the way through. We'll have the motor sleeve data on his arm stress during this player tracking we also are doing a cool thing with uh push bands and doing vpt velocity based training right now which is something that's going to be huge for us because now we can actually monitor workload for our guys and if see if we're actually over training too much and then maybe the next day we need to have a full-on recovery day 
Oh, that is pretty neat. I've never even I've never heard of that one before. I'm not a pitching guy, but um, that is that is interesting. Um, what do you do? What do, what do you use to track all of that data? Is it um, just Microsoft Excel? Yes, through Microsoft Excel. That's correct. How long does it normally take you to um, update everything? Um, you know, and <laughs> that's a good question because you know I really spend. Uh, me and the head coach spent a lot of our time doing that. Like, uh, actually, last night I was putting in our VPT numbers for speed deadlift and getting an average on it and, you know, integrating all of our uh, speed uh, speed bench press and speed squat as well, all the data that's given us an average range for us 40% one rep max. And I was literally in the office till 3 in the morning. And, of course, being at a junior college, I do not make a lot of money. I do not. Uh, I do this because, you know, I, I love to see these kids get better. And I love, you know, it's, it's, it brings a, uh, you know, a sense of, you know, pride and happiness when the kid, you know, he, he knows we're going through a lot of tough things. You know, his program is very tough. But when he sees his, you know, his pull-down velocity from week one to week four go up, if he sees his mound velocity as well go up from week one to week, week four, um, it, it's just something that brings great joy when the kid, you know, max testing on the squat or the deadlift or the bench as well. When he sees those results, it, it, they, they get, those guys get really pumped and psyched about it. And we have this thing in the weight room. Uh, we call it the power of the slap. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I did that at Saracosa in California and we do it here in McCook and it's, uh, you know, it's when the kids go up to one red max, you know, it all started with the kids like coach, uh, you know, you can give me a slap, you know, like uh, it's something that I've seen also as well as, uh, you know, looking up some things in the bodybuilding world as well, those guys. And we, you know, power of the slap, you know, um, give the kid a slap on the back, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty hard, pretty vigorously. And the guy goes up and hits a one rep PR. And, and it's, I mean, it's something that I think, you know, it's pretty cool because, you know, they get into it and all jacked up about it. Yeah, I, I'm. That, that is kind of funny. And I was, I, I reason I brought up uh, how long it took you to do the Excel is because I do some of that myself. And uh, yeah, it, people, a lot of people don't realize how time consuming that is. And that's that is a good one of the reasons why not that many coaches do track all that information. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of a lot of coaches think, oh, it's too much work. That um, you know, uh, or if it's a money issue, they're thinking oh, they don't pay me enough to do that. You know, but. But into the end, I've had, you know, it's not just me, but it's just every program that's tracking and doing this is being very successful. And then you look at the Houston Astros as well as, you know, they're one of the, they're the biggest team with analyticals and, you know, tracking everything as far as player development. And, I you know, the, you see how much successful they are. They're even better than they won last year, you know. And I it's just something that, I will always go to for the rest of my time coaching because it, I just know that this has been the process of being better players, better team environment as well, and as well as competing as a team. You know, a lot of back in the day, you just played games, played games, played games, played games, and it helped you progress to get better. Now that's not the norm anymore. You know, you really got to go into individualized programming to help each kid because every kid is different. Every kid is always going to be different. What's your end goal um, as a coach? Do you want to be a head head college coach at a Division One school someday? You know, I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't really have that. You know, big big goal set in mind is for that. 
you know, um, it would be very nice, you know, as well to be a head coach, a division one program. Uh, yes, it would. Um, but right now I like to really live in the now type of thing. I don't really look too much forward, you know, as far as all I'm doing this to get, uh, you know, a lot of guys you see on Twitter, I'm not, I'm doing this to get popularity votes, you know, and, you know, a lot of programs, me, 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 me. I really put out data because I really like to, one, it helps with recruits a lot. Um, social media is a big recruiting tool nowadays. And and then in two, it's just, it can show you the life into a McCook Community College program. What we, what the things that we are doing for us as a program to get better, not me, myself, Pat Robles, to further my career, but what we are doing as a program to get better. Awesome. Love it. Pat, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on today. Yeah, no problem. I thank you very much.